0: Monday as always to have our Monday's experts chat and it's a little bit uh, of an opportunity where we can find out some of the story behind the name and as I just put out before on the socials and and mentioned as well on air that uh, we're having a bit of lockdown blues at the moment it's a bit of doom and gloom out there and We're all waiting for this, hopefully, to uh, to end and we can get back to some normality in it. I thought a perfect opportunity for us here in New South Wales, listening via the radio network, or if you're listening in lockdown and elsewhere in the country via the Tab app, that you can uh, have a laugh this next half an hour with a guest who we've had on before, but not as in-depth. We haven't had this much clear air to have a chat to him before. And it's the King, King Callow. Noel Callow joins us on the phone. G'day, Noel. How are you, mate?
1: I'm good, mate. Um, just dropped into Fat Freddy's because I was going to Pacific Fair and uh, run a couple of errands, and uh, you needed me to do this, so I just dropped into Fat Freddy's, didn't I? Where it's nice and quiet.
0: Fat Freddy's. Okay, so you're on the Gold Coast. What is Fat Freddy's, King?
1: Fat, Fat Freddy's is a American bar um, in Broadbeach, uh, basically opposite the casino. Not a bad drop, the old Fat Freddy's, but uh, it's a bit early in the morning, so I'll just wait. <laughs>
0: Beautiful, King. Let's take you back. Okay, where did it all start? Uh, you, you might have heard my chat last week with uh, Joseph Cleary. Where did it start for you? You were born in Adelaide?
1: I was born in Adelaide, and uh, my father was a jockey for probably 30 years. His name was Kevin Keller, um, and he rode and was very successful in Adelaide when Adelaide racing was, was pretty big, uh, big crowds and all that. Um, so I wasn't much good at school because I was clown of the class, and um, – he gave me an option when I was about 13 and a half. He said, do you want to stay in school? I think I'd finish year eight. I did finish year eight. He said to me, do you want to... Um, I was riding BMX and skateboards. So I thought I was going to be the next Tony Hawk. Um, and uh, he said to me, do you want to go to this tape course and learn how to ride a horse? Uh, or do you want to stay in school? And I was, I was straight to the um, to the, the tafe course. But um, I'd never ridden a horse. Because when you're a jockey's um, son, you don't see horses in the backyard. Uh, because they obviously... And train them, but um, if you're a son like Joseph was, they're there in your face. So I'd never even sat on a horse, and I think, like I said, I was 13 and a half, and went to this pafe course. Who uh, the the guy there was uh, Glenn Pretty, he, was a, he rode in Hong Kong. He was the instructor, and so we just learned all the basics and uh, ended up riding track work. And uh, then I was uh, finished that. I went for about six months of course at Morphville, and um, and then I uh, I went to Pat Barnes who trained Ruperton. Um and I was with Pat for about months so yeah that's what yeah.
0: it started. Uh, well, what was it about it were, were you just sort of doing it because you sort of had nothing else or did you genuinely when you did the course you thought hey this is pretty good I like being you know, doing what I'm doing?
1: Well I didn't really know I was 13 and a half years old like you, you know you're um, pretty naive but um, I just did it and yeah, I, I enjoyed doing it um, and like I said the, the, the better I got at it uh, with the basics uh, yeah I enjoyed it and um I don't know, I suppose I was pretty good on the skateboard, so balancing that. So I picked it up okay. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just sort of went from there. And like I said, I went there, he had a bad week there that week, Pat Barnes, because um, he, uh, Rubiton did a tendon uh, the week before, and then the next week, uh, snotty nose bit in after the after-year-old turns up at his doorstep, <laughs> and uh, geez, it was a shock to him. But, <laughs> but I, I spoke to Pat, or actually I went to his house about, or well, Probably eight months ago, um, him and Elga live at the about the 1,400 there at, um, at Morseville. And um, they're, they're well in their 80s and still got their marbles. And uh, they're fantastic people. And, and what a horse Rubiton was. Like, oh, I don't know yeah. if it's because when you're a kid, you think, like Joseph said, um, Bo Rogan, that when you're a kid, it's, you think it's a bit better than what it is. Um, and I, when I was a kid, Rubiton was a star, of Adelaide. And um, yeah, he's still my favorite horse. And that Cox plate with Harry White on board. Um, yeah, how good.
0: How many how many masters did you have as an apprentice?
1: I think I had about seven, maybe eight. Uh, it was a bit a bit hard to hard to deal with. Um, I was not uh, trying to give a bit of lip, um, but I I think I got to about my sixth or seventh, which was Mick Price at Edson, and he ironed me out. He gave me a few back enders and uh, <laughs> he kicked up the bum. And uh, yeah, it was, it was I liked it because uh, unfortunately life's um changed now. It's uh Want of cotton more than that, but um, and these kids seem to know everything. Um, but uh, no, no, back end didn't help uh, hurt me at all. It did me the world of good. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably well one of the last, and we and Luke Curry, I reckon, are probably one of the last of the old school. So, yeah, it's it put me in good stead anyway.
0: Yeah, well, when when you say you you had so many, and obviously you know Mick give it to you, was it just? Was it a spray, or was it what? What was it? Were you just did you just think you knew everything, and like a typical young kid, and and it, and it took a bloke like him to say, "Listen, pull your head in." You don't know. No, so,
1: well, I was sixteen years old, so um, yeah. you know, bulletproof and and uh, knew everything. And um, yeah, he, he gave me a backhand, he, he, he gave me a good flogging, and you know, it didn't hurt me. So anyway, suppose was like a cat and a dog, you know. I'm a I'm a sort of dog person. You kick a dog, it comes back to you. Kick a cat, you never see it again. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's Yeah. <racing. laughs>
0: Okay, so you you've go through your apprenticeship. Um, tell us what happens then. Once you come out of your apprenticeship, did you find it? Did you find it really hard with your weight as a, as a youngster?
1: Yeah, because I wasn't doing it right. I was. Uh, we weren't taught uh, what to do. You had to work it out for yourself. So I was eating McDonald's and flipping it and stuff like that and drinking beer. And I, I actually remember. I'd you how long ago it was. It was twenty, good twenty five years ago when I finished my apprenticeship. And uh, they had this new beer, Foster's special special lager. And I fell yeah. in love with it. It was no good for the weight though. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I, um, so I think I was about 20 and a half, and um, I went to, I'm oh, sorry, because back then it was, you did, you started when you were 15, or, or I started when I was 13 and a half, an apprentice, and you finish when you're 21. So it was a long, long apprenticeship. So not like now, they they do it and they, they do four years and that's it. So I did about seven and a half years, I think, apprenticeship or whatever, and um, uh, it was different, and um, I, I don't know, I just, uh, what it was, but I was, I was naughty. I was, I was just a little kid, uh, naive kid that thought he knew everything and uh, got back in. And, uh, yeah, it was all right. But uh, I I, I think when I was 20 and a half, I was saying, um, I, uh, I rode over the jump. I was at Robbie Lang's. Um, I had about six months ago in the apprenticeship, and Mick gave me the ass. You know, he, he, His foot was sore from kicking me up the bum. So I went to uh, <laughs> Robbie Lang's, and Robbie Lang's always had jumpers around his yard. And, then, and I was like, like I said, I fell in love with this. Foster special bidder and uh, I was about sixty kilos, 20 and I have a lot of the jumps that I had. I had, uh, what I had, fifteen goes at it, um, and I, I didn't want to be a jumps jockey. It was just I couldn't be a flat jockey because I was too lazy and too fat, and I decided they give me a license. I said, yeah, you, you can be a jumps jockey, and like jumps jockeys, um, you know, that people might laugh at a bit, a bit at them, like they look a bit rough on them and that, but they're they're horsemen, and oh, I'm am a jockey, so um, uh, I'm not no horseman. And um, I wasn't much good at it anyway. I think I my I think it was my twelfth ride. I rode a horse for uh, the late Peter Hayes um, in Adelaide, um, mm. and it was six to four favourite at Victoria Park in Adelaide. And my parents were there, and I just wanted to ride one winner and retire. Anyway, uh, I got over about three that day, and it touched the one in the straight, and I just went straight over dead. And I, I thought I was going to die, and um, and I just said, "That's it." Not the next. I think I had two more after it. And oh jeez, they were running the handling jobs. I just give them none. I was, shit, I was <laughs> shitting myself. <laughs> so take I, I, remember, I remember Mick Patton one day. I rode one at uh, Sandown, course um, for Robbie Lang, and um, and Mick Patton was riding in, and and very good Mick Patton. And uh, anyway, he he's a bit of a joker like myself, and he and I'm shitting myself. Like uh, we're down at a thousand meter start because I go about two laps around Sandown, and he said to me, "Hey Keller, are you leading?" And I went, "Nah." And he goes, where's your goggles? And I had me uh, patting the top of my head because I, was, I didn't know. I had goggles on, but he was just jammed about. But I was shitting myself.
0: Is it one of those things too, like, you know, we, we watch the ball and we watch that jumps racing in Victoria and even you watch it late night overseas. I mean, you you obviously respect a lot of your peers, but it sounds like those jumps jockeys, you really, you know, you take your hat off to
1: them. Oh, they're great. The best I've ever seen is Patrick Payne. He rode with his toe in the iron. I reckon he had about 20 rides, rode about 16 winners. Uh, outstanding because he had the the jockeyship and the horsemanship, uh, hence what, what a great trainer he is now. But um, yeah, he's the best I've seen. But um, no, they're, 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 it's a hard tape for those boys. They, um, you know, it's only a six months a year sort of job, and then they got a, yeah. the other six months they're breaking the horses or training the horses. Pateman's very good, but um, you know what? I like watching them. I probably need half a bottle of scotch to watch a jumps race, but I respect it.
0: Mate, what about? Uh the Derby win. So, so how old were you when, when you won the Derby? Um, oh,
1: I'm not sure. Probably about 30. I think it was in 2005, Venetia. And it's changed okay. now because you. If, if I watch the replay, I reckon I hit it. I reckon I hit the horse 40 times. Like, geez, I'd, I'd be slowly thrown in an Malaysian prison if I did that now.
0: <laughs> with the new, with the rip rule. So that journey from you being what 20. Um, you know, not too keen on the jumps to then getting the opportunity with Lee. I mean, because it sounds like, you know, with your weight and, and the way it was, did you think about giving it away before then? Or is it I just did. all you've I, known?
1: No, I did. I, no, I gave it away. I gave it away in um, when I was 21. I gave it away because what happened was all your money goes into your apprentice bank. You don't get to touch it. And I got to touch it when I was 21. And I thought, well, I don't have to work again in my life. So uh, I went to America. um for about oh, four or five months, backpack around, went to all the sporting events, the Yankees, and hockey games and that, and thought it was great. Um, and then I worked out, hang on a minute, I haven't got much money left, so I have to get my hands dirty and work again. So I went back to Adelaide and I said to my father, I might have to just do this again, and, and just started again. And I used to get like two rides a week, and it just snowballed and snowboard. And then I think by about, I think that was about 90, um, about 98, I think it was. And then I, I went to... Um, I just sort of snowballed. I think it was about maybe '99 or 2000. I rode, uh, won the, the premiership in Victoria. I think about 130 winners. So it just snowballed. But um, I, was, I was a bit younger then. I bounced a bit, better than what I bounce now. And um, and I was I was pretty hard about the game. Whereas now it's my job. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's all it was. But okay. the, the Freedmen, I was lucky in there those that 2005 era uh, that that year because. Friedman had his rye set up uh, up there that uh whatever it was, and um, yep. that year he won the Derby on the Saturday with Benicio. He won the Melbourne Cup with McIvor on the Tuesday. He won the Oaks with Seven Rose on the Thursday. Now, it didn't have a runner in the Emirates, and that's without all the races in between um, Queen Elizabeth. I won for him that year, and and he won the Cox Plate the, the week before with McIvor, and it, they just it was like the Darren Weir show, and I was lucky because there was I think there was five of us: Ollie, um, Nikolik. Um, Stephen King, Glenn Boss, and myself. So we just got that was a fire that he used, and so I was just lucky enough to be on that show and um, just, pick it just it up yeah.
0: How good? Okay, yeah. so you win the derby, uh, and then tell us about the move to Singapore. How did that happen, and and why did you decide to go to Singapore?
1: Well, two thousand six was it was terrible because I'd been spoiled and um, on the Freiburg show, and I and um, I'm not sure. they might have sacked me. I'm not sure, but I didn't get as many rides that next spring carnival. I. I I might have rode a couple of winners. Maybe I definitely rode one for down. I saw them. remember the last race, but I I was spoiled and I thought well, this is no good. Um, so I applied to Singapore and they only gave me a two month license um, to to ride there. And, and I went there and I think I rode about. I went there and I actually went with Luke Curry and he was riding there at the time. We stayed together and I think in the two months I rode like um, something like fifteen winners or something. It was ridiculous. Um, and then they said the Singapore Turf Club because they are a rich boys club and they. It doesn't matter who you are, but they say uh, they pick who they want. Um, mm. it doesn't matter if you're notorious; they don't want you. You're not in. Um, and like a Road, that many amount of winners in the two months. I said, okay, you can stay. And it ended up being about two and a half years. I was there, and, and that's where they really, Max really called me King Kello, and that's sort of stuck. But yeah, not too good when you're going shies and is it? Enough, <laughs> <what> it is. <laughs> the
0: King Kello. Hey, with 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 Singapore though, what did you find the big difference between? Over there and here, was it? Uh, you, you mentioned it, it was. It's very much like uh, you know it, the rich boys' club, and and it's it's a different world over there with owners, isn't it? Like you've got to really you know sweeten your owners to try and get those rides.
1: Yeah, well, I was lucky because um, I was riding. I end up in the end, I was riding for out of the top ten trainers. I was sort of got the pick of at least six of them. Um, so I had the stock, but um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 uh, a what, what I found there is that. Um, Compared to Victorian racing, they go very slow in Victorian racing. So you've got your leader, old mate sits outside the leader in Shepherd, and then they run um, their last three in 33 or 35 or whatever they do, um, depending where it is. But um, whereas Singapore, the kids in that, they roll along a bit more. So you, you jump out and you just slot into a spot where your horse is comfortable and that's it. There's no um, – you don't have to make moves. It's sort of put there for you. So the tempo's good. You just ride them as they go, and then that wall comes at the furlong. They're coming back in your face if you hit the line and that's what I found. I found it a lot easier. And when I came back after Singapore to Victoria, it took me... And I actually laughed when I heard Willie Pike say it. He said that, I can't understand you. I can't work this um, out. Even though he rode winners, just the tempo, they go so slow. Because, because they're such good jockeys in Victoria, they know if they, if, they, if they get a real good breather the first half and they can only run three and whatever, they're going to be very hard to beat. But I just think they overdo it. And that's why I don't mind riding up here on the Gold Coast because you've got to few kids like that, which uh, get the handlebars out, and they just go, and uh, like I said, I just find my spot. I, I I do a little speed map here when I ride on a Saturday, but it's just a guide. I just ride them on field, because you don't know what they're going to do, and, and I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, so you're in Singapore, and you've obviously got some good times in Singapore. What was your number one highlight, Be was it not that riding those big derby winners?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that, that gave me the biggest thrill, uh, and, and Laurie Lacton, uh, he's the best trainer I've ridden for uh, to this day. Oh, Laurie died about Two months ago yeah. LK Laxon and he was the best. But um uh yeah, the Derby was good for for Laurie and Mick Dippen purchased that horse on race off Jack and Bob Ingham. Horse called Top Spin and um he was just your dominant four year old. He won he just won everything and uh, I just sat there and did him and um yeah, it was it was good. It was like a poor man's black caviar for me, but it was good.
0: <laughs> what about jumping around the world? You've got uh, you went to Malaysia. Now yep. that's an experience, Malaysia, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's probably the most corrupt racing uh, I've ever ridden in my life, but uh, it's what it is. And um, they can't trust anyone because they can't trust themselves. And uh, in Rome, you've got to do as the Romans do, and uh, we'll leave it at that.
0: What about... Okay, I've got to bring this up. You represented Malaysia (laughs) at a international jockey series. Is this correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. I I was
0: um, because... The boy from Adelaide.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened there was... uh, It was really good to me, the CEO of... um, uh, or Turf Club. His name was um, Term King Boon, Mister um, Term. He was a champion, and he called me one Monday and he said, uh, uh you you must come in the office. I need to talk to you." Ah, uh. and I said, "Okay, Ken." So I went in there, and um, he said, "Now listen, um, uh, we've got this. The, the jockeys in Malaysia are lups up, and lups up in Chinese means rubbish, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I know that, boss. That's why I like riding here." And he said, "Now listen, <laughs> we we we've been trying to win this jockeys challenge in Korea for a long time, and we can't win it. Um, can you represent?" Um, uh, Malaysia? I said, yeah, I can. He said, it's 2,000 US per ride. You have four rides and if you win, um, the bonus is uh, 15,000 US. That's your your prize. So anyway, yeah. I went there. It was funny because I went there and um, had the big press conference with all the 12 jockeys there from Turkey and South Africa and Ireland and you know whatever. Anyway, we were in there and they had this box. Um, they had these four boxes with tennis balls in them, right? So when they uh, drew out the numbers to say who's going to go first and that, I, I saw that the number one ball, two ball, and three ball were all like um, yellow tennis balls, right? Now four, five, six were red and whatever, and go on. So I "Forget about them. I just want another to to top weight." So the box was open, and, and I went in there because when they drew me out, I was about because I was three, I was about third in line. Anyway, I just looked straight in there. I grabbed uh, yellow ball, yellow. I had all the yellow balls, right? I, had, I, I got one, two, 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 right? That's other so sweet. I'm on fifty eighters. I can get on the uh, the cast beer and enjoy my life here in South Korea. And uh, anyway, I didn't know. That was the barrier, right? Anyway, so I've drawn one, two, two, two. Anyway, so uh, I cheated, but I didn't. But anyway, I had four rides, and two of them won. One ran second, and the other one ran no good. So I won it, and I won 15000 And as you do in, in Asia, I had to pay uh, 5000 US to Mr. Term King Boon, and... Uh, we enjoyed our life and uh, we had a good time. <laughs> very
0: good, very good. What What about um, you know? You, you mentioned uh, riding around the world, or I know that you've mentioned at lunches I've been to a ride around the world. Oh, the, the one that gets me when you rode in India.
1: Yeah, yeah, I rode in India. I, I rode for a guy called Dr. VJ Malia. Now he there's actually a really good Netflix show on um, Dr. VJ Malia. It's called Bad Boy Billionaires, King of Good Times, because. The beer is Kingfisher, and it's underneath the King of Good Times. So that's him. So what he did is he had Kingfisher Airlines, and he's the king over there. Like, there's Malia Road. There's roads don't him. He's just uh, the bee's knees. Anyway, I rode for him. And, um, and like I said, this show, it's worth watching. Um, and he didn't pay his uh, – it was before me. I got him before that. It was 2010. And he didn't pay his uh, airline staff. And the, He's actually hiding in uh, London at the moment. But it's, 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 it's worth a watch. Um, anyway, I rode for him. And he had about sixty horses with about oh, probably six trainers. Anyway, so a foreign jockey could only take four rides. They raced Saturday, Sunday. You'd only take four rides on the weekend. So I just picked, you know, I had picked whatever I picked the best. I had I had about twenty rides the there. I rode about sixteen winners. It was ridiculous, but um, yeah, it was all right. The horse quality was was really good. Um, they do a lot of their own breeding. Um, okay, but it was it was it was interesting. Actually, my first ride there, I was. There was only four uh, foreign jockeys there and uh, I'm in the jockeys room and it's like it's old school, like your little um, two inch or not, I don't know, twenty inch uh, T V there with spiderwebs all over it and whatever and I'm in the jockeys room and, and I said to this um, Mark Gallagher, an Irish jockey who I rode with within Singapore, I said, I'm watching the T V screen and they walk around the mountain yard and Ganesh is with no scullies on my horse walking around the mountain yard. And I said to Gallagher, I said, What's going on here? He goes, No nah, no, nah, they do that. Um, just to keep the horses calm. So I went out there and, um, that, that police car's not for me either, day. Um, <laughs> I, I went, uh, I went out to get on my horse and I went, hey, Ganesh, off, and me on. And uh, anyway, I went out there and it, and it, and it pissed him. So, um, no, it, it was, an experience. I wouldn't want to ever, ever want to go back there because there's not, in India, there's not, there's none of, uh, there's none of us. You're either rich or you're poor. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. I lived, um, I, I can see why they get hit by train, because, oh, it they just, it just, you know what? Uh, I went there enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get uh, back.
0: May uh, uh, the, the, didn't Zara? Uh, you, you've mentioned a, 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 before a luncheon about Mark Zara. The, part of the tracks out wide's got sand on it or something.
1: Yeah, well, the main in Bangalore, the main so you got the grass track and then there's no there's an outside rail for the public obviously, but there's a there's a sand track where they do their gallops um, on. That's so where they do their, do their track work. And uh, anyway, Mark Zara's was riding his horse um, and it was and they go uh, Sydney way around. Anyway, I was hanging out and he's drawn the stick over to the left hand and, and tried to um, straighten the horse. Anyway, the last 50 metres, it went down. It's probably about half a metre dropped down to the sand. It's gone down there and the last 50 metres it's galloped uh, to the post on the heavy sand. Anyway, they, they had the horse, they had Jarin and they said, Your horse is disqualified. And he said, Now hang on, I've run I've the last 50 metres on this heavy sand. It's got to be a disadvantage. And the steward shook his head like the Indians do and went, Nevertheless, uh, out of bounds. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he got the penalty.
0: <laughs> what about, uh, I saw an article you did with punters, and I've got to mention this, Nick Hall, the man bun incident. What happened there?
1: Oh, I actually, I forget what happened. He said, I walked into the San Diego jockey's room one day, and he said something. Now I forget what it was, but I don't know. It was it was over the line. And Zara, I remember Zara said, no, nah, no, nah, too far, Fratzer. Nick Hall's nicknamed Fratzer because he's always, well, you know what? He clocked the game alive. He's living in India at the moment. And then I spoke to him the other day, Fratzer, so... He's going all right. He's happy, but he clocked the game of, of uh, life. And he's doing all right, but he said something, and I said, "Listen here, I'm going to cut that little lady boy haircut off." He got there because that was over the line, and he's here or whatever. And then I waited about two weeks, and um, I was in quarter in the little bunker there, and um, he was watching the replay, and I grabbed some scissors and, and went chomp, and I went chomped. to go chomp. Yeah, I went to go chomp again, and uh, he put his hand there, and I was going to take a digit off, so um, I uh, off I ran because I was being a goose. You can't. You know, hold yeah. hands up. So I ran off laughing. Anyway, I'm sitting in my seat there in courtfield and he's just pacing up and down, going, "You're an idiot, swearing and calling me whatever." And because I, I was being a goose, I I can't say anything. He, anyway, he calmed down. He was all right. He come back to me in about five minutes later, and he said, "Well, can you fix it up?" And I, will fixed it up for him. I could have been, I could have, I could have like went straight yeah. up again, but I just did a properly. He's, <laughs> all right us, he's all right, Professor. He's all right.
0: Hey, what, with that jockey's room in Melbourne and, and other jockey's rooms around the world, I mean, you, you're obviously, uh, you're the prankster. You, you love a laugh and you, you can't take life too seriously, especially in your game. Who else was of that ilk? Who, who did you just have a lot of fun with and, uh, you know, would, would encourage you to crack the um, laughs as well?
1: Yeah, Daniel Moore's right up there. He's uh, he, See, he's more, I'm, I'm a goose. He's more clever than me and so Zara. But, um, yeah, they're, they're the two sort of main ones. Um, yeah. A bit of, we have a bit of fun because, you know, it's nervous energy. I believe it's nervous energy. Craig Williams is the same. He never stops yapping behind the gates. But he, and as soon as they open, it's, it's game on, you know. I like, always believe it's nervous energy. It's not nervous about anything going to happen, you're going to get hurt or anything. just everything's going to go right. That's, that's, that's what I believe.
0: What, 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 with Willow, what do you mean he's yapping? What, is he just talking about anything?
1: No, he's just an absolute dribbler
0: and, 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 a, <laughs> and, a, and, a,
1: and a lovely guy. um, Oh, I don't want him sleeping over, but um, he's a <laughs> lovely guy. And, um, and if I had ever had a problem, uh, I remember I had a problem about three years ago. I dropped my hands on one at uh, Muzzlebrook, and uh, I rang him up and said, mate, can you have a look at this for me and tell me what, what, what you think? And he, he said, no, I'm, I'm a bit busy at the moment. I'll ring you back in an hour. Now, I reckon he's, I was on the phone with him for an hour like, just going through the everything. He's just he's, he's an QC. exceptional human being. and. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's, he's dribble on the TV, he's just dribble, but he plays the game and he's a gentleman in, in real life. So yeah.
0: Good. No, it's good. We, we love Willow. What about uh, some of these international jockeys? Have you had dealings with Frankie and, and, and blokes yeah. like that?
1: Yeah, I rode, uh, I rode I rode with Frankie in Mauritius and Singapore, um, Johnny Mercer in Singapore. The best one I ever rode against, he was the rudest. His name was Eric muffin You, you might not have heard of him, but he, his father was like a George Moore, so he half had that chip on his shoulder. Um Eriksen Martin, his, his father's name was. Anyway, I wrote against him in Macau. And the only reason I came across uh, Eric St. Martin is because in 2003, the, the Sars hit um, Hong Kong. And he said, I am French. Again, they did the Sars. So off he went back to France, right? So then he applied to go back. And Hong Kong jockey Club said, no, no, you can't just come and go as you please. Um, so he said, OK, I'll go to Macau. That's like your provincial one. Um, and, mate, I've never seen a bloke ride so many wins. Anyway, he was... He'd shove you out the way because he's on better horses, but I don't enough of it. And I was a bit younger then, a bit more, whatever. And I laid all over him and just made his life uh, really difficult and that. Okay, right? And I remember he, <laughs> after the post, he said to me, he, I held him in. He, I think he ran third or whatever, and whatever. Anyway, he said, owe you big time. And I said, what? And he said, and I got on the scales and he said, owe you big time. I said, listen here. I said, you can lay all over us and push us out the way. I said, mate, you can't do that. And he goes, I am the French. I am the best. I see you in the car park. And I said... I said, sweet, I'll, I'll be in the car park, and Mick Kent was training there um, at the time, and he said, mate, that Ericson Martin's a black belt. I said, I don't give a shit, he's my height, I'm a chance, um, and it never made it to the car park, but he was an outstanding jockey, and I actually, the last time I saw him in the flesh, was, and I was thinking, ah, shit, this bloody Ericson Martin's right now, I rode in Japan for John Moore, I rode a horse called Abel One in the Yesterkanaan, and they locked the jockeys up in Japan, like, for the two days. Anyway, I've seen he's riding. He's actually riding a horse called Good Barber. He wasn't a bad horse. He ended up in yeah, Australia. Yeah, was a good horse. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, here I walk in, I think, oh, this Eric's so Martin, a pig, whatever. And I'm locked up with him. <laughs> He'll probably be on here. Anyway, I walked in. Here he is, Eric, with his dressing gown on, like jockeys like to do. I've seen them, bit of them on the internet, actually. Jockeys in casinos with um, <laughs> barclays. They seem to like that. But anyway, he walked in there and he said, hello, Noel, how are you? And he shook me in, and he's a champion. But um, he's retired now, and... Um, yeah, he's a great jockey, and I know I got I got revved up for this because I have done I don't do a lot of media right now, but you're a friend, so I'll do it. And uh, I've got a bit of advice from Daniel Moore and uh, Corey Brown. So, and I know Corey Brown rode with um, with uh, Ericson Martin, and I reckon he'd concur that he's a good jockey, but um, just, yeah, he's probably just the best. Up him himself. The yeah Yeah, typical French like. Um, <laughs> what? Dad. Anyway, yeah, it was good.
0: good. Before I let you go, mate, because uh, we're smack bang eleven thirty. The uh, that shoey you did, well, not shoey, I should say. Uh, well what, what'd you call it actually? The fancy. Uh, up and can the fancy. That's right. Mm. Where you were galloping. Like, you you love getting up to Cairns. Um, you, I don't think you got up there this year though. No, um, I'm not going. Due to I'm
1: COVID. Not going this year, no, I'm yeah, COVID, and you know what? Seven and a half minutes to the Gold Coast turf Club from my house, and it's a uh, probably two and a half hours light. And I'm, you know what? I'm enjoying my life, and I'm happy with the seven and a half minutes to go to the Gold Coast and and outride these. Um. These uh, group, uh, group 1 jockeys at the Gold Coast on the Saturday. I love it.
0: Bring I did it say, I did say you, uh, I, I saw in your article, uh, you said uh, you love being up on the Gold Coast because not many of them, in your opinion, can ride. So uh, you can hopefully, you can I mean, hopefully I'm, steer I'm through. I don't know about
1: that. I've been around a long time and I, and it's, uh, I pull a few uh, Michael Schumacher moves and uh, they just don't see it and I just laugh. But you know what? You're only as good as your last ride, so you don't want to get out of yourself. But you know what? I'm happy to take them on.
0: I'll tell you what though, King, and knowing from knowing you away from, uh, all this as well. If a young bloke is coming through or a young girl's coming through up there at, at the Gold Coast and want to ask you advice or opinions or whatnot, you're not like one of these blokes, maybe like, uh, your mate over there in Mauritius. Eric? Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, it, it, you're, you're a showman and you love a, a laugh and whatnot, but you, you mightn't be, as you said, as, as, uh, as revved up about the game as you once were, but, you still love it. And seeing those people come through and, yeah,
1: you got there's a heart a kid, of gold. There's a kid here, actually, when I first come in, he and can, and can steer, um, but he just needs a little bit of uh, fine-tuning, and I, I help him as much as I can. Um, his name's Kyle Wilson-Taylor, so he, he can steer. But even the girls and that, some, some of the moves, pull, oh, I just pull them aside and I don't, you know, you've got to be careful with these kids these days, because, like, my daughter's going to start riding in three months, and they, they like her, Pat, but any back in oh, they go to water. So I just, I'll be careful. And I spoke to a girl on the weekend. I said, can you use it in the right hand? She said, yeah. I said, well, you should have put it in the right hand. And I just try to help them because, um, yeah, I, I don't know, It's just the way I am.
0: Kelly thanks for coming on, mate, and talking on Monday's Expert. Mate, we could have spoken for another half an hour. Um, we've got plenty more stories. We'll have to try and get you to another lunch soon, mate. You'd be good at a sportsman's lunch when you can really let rip, eh?
1: Yeah, I would be, but I don't come for free, Dave. <laughs>
0: King, signal. see you now. See ya, mate. <laughs>